Thank you for joining us for Sound Reasoning with Christian apologist and minister Perseus Poku of Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's program will educate, train, and empower you to defend your Christian faith with confidence. Perseus has his bachelor's in history and a master's degree in apologetics. We hope you enjoy this time of equipping so that you can answer questions to defend your Christian faith effectively. Now here's Perseus Poku on Sound Reasoning. Welcome to Sound Reasoning. I'm your host, Perseus Poku. On today's episode, I wanted to take a look at the epistle attributed to the Apostle Paul, uh, this epistle of the Ephesians, uh, written in early 60 AD. Um, This book uh, is filled with nuggets that I thought would be applicable for our living in today's culture. And in chapter 4 of the book of Ephesians, uh, we find some principles that the apostle would like Christians to adhere to and to embrace. This particular letter uh, was not just intended for one body of believers, but all believers. Uh, as apparent by the circulation of the letter uh, in the early centuries. And so when we look at this book, which overarching theme is uh, the body of Christ as well as the unity within the body of Christ, that was uh, Paul's overarching thesis for this book. So Paul, in chapter 4, begins by labeling himself as a prisoner for the Lord, as a prisoner for Lord. And as a prisoner, uh, this was, in Paul's estimation, um, a sentence of life, uh, meaning that we uh, don't lay down our faith. Uh, We can't uh, leave Christ in the terms of our uh, born-againness. We are connected to Christ for life. As Peter said to Jesus, uh, when Jesus questioned him, uh, Peter said, where, can we, where else can we go? Uh, we're with you now. And, and Paul had the same mentality. We are with you. And this thing about being a Christian is not something that you can pick up and then lay down. One day I, I'm a Christian, another day I'm not a Christian. That's not what it's about. When you truly connect to the Savior, every minute, every hour, every day is about how can I please my Lord? And we need to be careful uh, that the enemy doesn't throw us for a loop in the sense that our affection for Jesus ought to be authentic. It has to be authentic. It has to be sincere. Uh, Don't profess uh, to say you love Jesus and then can't get along with your brother. Don't, don't profess to say you love God and your heart is not in it. Don't profess to say uh, you are a follower of Jesus Christ and your intentions are ill-conceived. In other words, you said you accept the Christ, but you accept the Christ for the wrong reason. Or you profess to say you love Jesus, but uh, your heart wasn't really in it. Paul had it right. He said, I am sold out for Jesus. 
I am uh, all in. Uh, I'm not holding back. I'm not, uh, I don't have any reservations. Uh, I am all in when it comes to Jesus. And this Christianity thing is the everyday thing for me. And that's what it ought to be for believers. Every day we're living to please the Lord. Every day we're uh, attempting to uh, fulfill the virtues that God would have uh, performed through us. Every day uh, I'm, I'm living holy. Every day I'm living sanctified. Every day I'm thinking about what would Jesus do. Every day um, this uh, mandate of Christianity is impressed upon my mind. So Paul sees himself as a prisoner with a life sentence. Um, not uh, getting out of jail uh, on Wednesday and then Thursday I'm back in and then Friday I'm back out. And that's part of the problem with some modern day Christians. They don't know who they are. They, they're, they're just, uh, they're out there. They profess to be uh, uh, their love for Jesus, but their actions are contrary to the word of God. They're contrary to the desires of God. So these individuals are deceiving themselves, but we don't want to be like that. The only person that really knows if you've been born again, if you are in Christ, is you. You know if you are following Jesus for the right reasons. You know if you are uh, all in when it comes to living out your faith. And when I say you're all in, that means... That means that you, you, you realize that you uh, accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior by faith, and then you've uh, opened yourself up. You, you allow him to reign. You're not quenching the spirit. You, you, you're allowing him to reign in your life, and you're allowing him to uh, uh, dominate your life, and uh, you're learning the ways of God. You're putting on the mind of Christ. You, you're reading the word. You're studying the word. You're applying the word. You're, you, you're living out the principles of the word. You're living out the commandments of the world, uh, of the word, and you're doing it because you want to. Being a prisoner entails all of these things. So are you a prisoner? And if you are a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a great place to be. Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So let your profession match up with your action. That's what Paul is saying. Let your profession, you say you know Jesus. You say you're saved. You have said you're born again. You have said you, you've been called. So if that's the case, let your actions match up with your profession. And all of us have been called that are Christians. We've been called. And, and, and part of that calling means that we ought to be out there sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the things that's been uh, pressing on my heart for the last uh, year is the amount of discord within uh, the Christian church uh, in terms of uh, who we follow and in terms of what political organization we're affiliated with. As I'm looking at the discourse 
that's leading to discord. I'm seeing a very troubling trend. I see uh, one group of Christians huddled in one party. I see another group of Christians huddled in another party. And the reality is we are, as Christians, we shouldn't be entangled in the world's affairs. Let me explain. When I mean entangled by the world's affairs, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be involved in our community. I'm not saying that we shouldn't vote. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be in politics, but we shouldn't allow politics to um, uh, blind us. We shouldn't let politics overwhelm our Christianity. Uh, We shouldn't allow politics to cause us to compromise uh, us in terms of what God is calling us to do. We should be influencing the politicians instead of the politicians influencing us. So uh, what I ask Christians to do when I talk to them is learn to become metapolitical. Again, learn to become metapolitical. That means we as Christians need to learn how to transcend beyond politics. We should fight for Christian virtues. And I realize that no one party is perfect, but yet, If there's a candidate, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, if there's a candidate that stand on Christian virtues, then that candidate should receive our vote regardless of the party. That's when we become metapolitical. So Paul, Paul says he is indeed a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's calling the church to live a life that's worthy, worthy of the calling. God has called us. And maybe you're thinking, well, I haven't been called. I haven't been called to preach. I haven't been called uh, to be a pastor. I'm called to uh, be a minister. That's not all that Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about fulfilling your Christian mandate. You're called to be a witness at home. You're called to disciple your children in the admonition of the Lord. You're called to display love. You're called to display forgiveness. You're called to... Uh, uh, teach the word of God and to tell the word of God so others can be reconciled to Jesus. So all of us have been called to do something. And that something is reflective of God getting the glory. So whatever your station in life is, learn your calling and stand on the principles of Christ. Then verse two, be completely humble and gentle. So he's talking to the Christian. Be humble, right? And and Scripture tells us, do not uh, think of yourself more highly than you ought to. Meaning, don't let your head get big. Learn to be humble. Learn to lower yourself for Christ's sake, right? Christians should not uh, be prideful. That's the opposite of humility. Christians ought to humble themselves, Um The ego needs to be suppressed. And in Christ, we realize it's okay to be humble because it says uh, Jesus was humble uh, in terms of him coming down. He humbled himself even unto the death of the cross, as Paul says in Philippians. So if Jesus is the standard and he displayed humility by coming uh, and, and lowering himself to become a perfect sacrifice, then who are we 
to not honor that? Who are we to not replicate that? We're supposed to be uh, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ. So if Jesus displayed humility, then we need to work on our humility. It's okay to say to someone, uh, forgive me, I messed up. It's okay to say, I'm sorry. It's okay to uh, let others know that you're not perfect. It's okay to um, display yourself in, a low, in, 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 in low esteem in terms of um, I'm, I'm putting myself underneath your, uh, your forgiveness if, when, when you mess up. And sometimes, to be honest with you, sometimes in your mind you're right about a situation, but the Holy Spirit still impresses on your heart to lower yourself underneath the other person just so uh, you can maintain a Christian and a loving relationship. You don't always have to be right. Uh, I once heard a minister uh, talk about a relationship uh, between a man and a woman, and he was uh, encouraging uh, both uh, spouses that uh, they ought to learn to throw some fights. And basically what he's saying is he don't always have to try to win an argument uh, for the greater good of the relationship. Sometimes you have to throw a fight. Not everything uh, has to be um, nuclear. Not everything has to be that serious. Uh, Not everything, not every argument has to be won. We need to learn how to throw some fights in order to maintain relationships because we're not always right. Sometimes we're wrong and the person has to forgive us. So we need to learn how to throw some fights. So Paul said, be completely humble and then gentle and gentle. Uh, a lot of people may have the right information, but they're not gentle. They, they are rough. Uh, they're not like Jesus. Jesus was gentle. Uh, Jesus was powerful, but yet gentle. Uh, he knew how to be gentle with children. He knew how to be gentle uh, with uh, soldiers. He knew how to be gentle with the religious leaders. Uh, and sometimes he wasn't as gentle, but he didn't sin. Um, so gentleness is part of our Christian character and ought to be a part of our Christian character, uh, to be gentle with people. And being gentle oftentimes uh, goes over a lot better than the alternative. Uh, when you're not gentle, when you're abrasive, uh, you wore people off. Um, it's interesting, inside the church, um, all these years of being in Christ, I've seen people who were not gentle, and they couldn't uh, realize or, 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 or they couldn't identify why uh, they couldn't maintain relationships with other people. It's because nobody wants to be around uh, a, a cantankerous person. Nobody wants to be around an individual uh, that's always abrasive. Uh, if we learn to be gentle, we can win a lot more friends or we can gain a lot more friends than not. Uh, and then and when we're gentle, we learn how to uh, disagree, but yet not have to fall out. Uh, that's another thing that's going on is, is uh, in today's culture, uh, even among uh, church members, uh, people have not have yet to learn how to be gentle, but it's part of our Christian mandate. We need to be gentle. Uh, There are siblings who have fallen out over whether or not uh, the uh, 
uh, universe or, 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 or our, our uh, created existence is a, me, a million years, years old versus a thousand years old. Uh, there are those who, who are uh, believers of the uh, old earth theory uh, versus those of the new earth theory, and they can't get along and they've fallen out. And again, if you believe you're right, and that particular example is a periphery issue anyway, it's not a primary issue, it's a secondary issue. And if it's a secondary issue, uh, especially if it's a secondary issue, it, we can disagree, but we don't have to fall out as Christians. Let's not forget the primary. The primary is Jesus Christ, the authentic Jesus Christ. The primary is his physical resurrection. That's the primary. The primary is uh, the, the, the inerrancy of the scripture. That's the primary. The primary is the triune nature of God. That's the primary. These, these are non-negotiable, but even with the major essentials of the faith, we must learn to share it in love and be gentle, not rough. We need to be gentle. So we are to be completely humble, according to Paul, and gentle. And the next one, be patient. Be patient. If you're listening to me, uh, you may know of someone who's impatient a lot of times. Um, Impatience is not a virtue, but patience is. Uh, Maybe it's you. Maybe you are impatient. You, You are living in this microwave society, and you have a tendency to want everything right now. And God doesn't operate that way. God, for the most part, he wants us to wait on him. And uh, he, he wants us to uh, depend on his time rather than our time. And our time is often um, not his time. So we need to learn to be patient. You may want to be with this person but God is telling you to wait because it may not be the right person. Uh, there's a purchase you want to make. And God is saying, wait. You really can't afford it right now. Uh, there's a, a business deal you want to get involved in. And God is saying, wait. Uh, don't sign a contract with these individuals. So patience is a virtue. And if we learn to be patient, there's a lot of things uh, in terms of trouble that uh, we can avoid if we learn to be patient. I can't tell you how many times um, I wanted to address a situation with, an, with different individuals, and I really wanted to just express what was on my mind, and the Holy Spirit told me to wait. And as I waited, as I waited, as I waited, Interesting thing happened. A lot of times, God works the situation out without me having to say anything. And then when he does allow me to speak, uh, it's always perfect in a sense that I didn't have to initiate the conversation. God brings it up, and I'm able to express what he had me to express, and the situation works out perfectly. Now, I'm not going to say that I always get it right because of 
our flaws um, because of our human nature, uh, sometimes I miss it. But I'm learning to be more obedient to the voice of the Holy Spirit than I was 30 years ago. So it's important that we all uh, engage in being patient, uh, listening to God, listening to the voice of God, not just doing things impetuously. We must learn to listen to the voice of God because he knows best. God sees tomorrow just like he sees today. So if he realizes that we're heading down a path that's going to bring discord, a path that's going to bring problems to our lives because he loves us through the Holy Spirit, he speaks to us to warn us. But the question is, are we ready to listen? So be patient, everyone. Be patient for Jesus' sake. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. And that's the whole thing it is, is we have to learn to bear with one another. Not all of us are the same. Everybody's different. The church is filled with different people. They, they, they are followers of Jesus Christ. They are a mixture. We're not homogenous group. We are unified in Christ. So we have some similarities, but we are different. We have a lot of differences. If you look at the scriptures, Peter, very impetuous, (laughs) different than the other disciples. John uh, displayed a lot of love and and a lot of emotion. Uh, So everybody was different. Matthew, right, the tax collector. Uh, Jesus put together an eclectic group of people, but yet they were all unified under him. They were people of the way. Likewise, we must learn to appreciate our differences. But those differences are not designed to tear us apart. Those differences are designed to glorify the unity that can be had in Christ. So uh, if, if you have a gift, that gift ought to be used for the glory of God. Whatever your gift is, uh, we, the church is filled with so many wonderful gifts and we must learn to appreciate it. We must learn to love one another. We must learn to be patient with one another. We must learn to bear uh, and display the love of Jesus Christ uh, with one another. Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And that's what I've been talking about. Uh, Do whatever you can to maintain unity. Uh, That's what God would have us to do. So we're going to uh, pause right there and uh, continue uh, these lessons from Ephesians chapter 4 to help us uh, get a better understanding of what God's desire is for us, uh, that we may be effective in our homes, in the community, and wherever else we may go. Again, uh, we thank you for your prayers. Uh, We thank you all for uh, your encouragements. Uh, Continue uh, to not only pray, but to uh, support us financially. Uh, We are in need of additional partners. So if the Lord impresses on your heart to give, please go online to www.srministries.org or you can uh, send us your love offering through P.O. Box 582306. El Grove, California, 95758. And we appreciate uh, all of our partners. We appreciate all of the encouragement as we continue to do for the truth, 
what so many people do for a lie. Remember to love one another and remain in the faith. Thanks for listening to Sound Reasoning with apologist and minister Perseus Poku from Sound Reasoning Ministries. It's our prayer that today's lesson has equipped you to share and defend your Christian faith with boldness. Sound Reasoning Ministries offers training in apologetics, biblical studies, and systematic theology. Join in on discussions on Facebook at Sound Reasoning Ministries. For more information about the ministry, to send an email, ask a question, or support the ministry, visit online at srministries.org. That's srministries.org. Listen again next week at this same time. And remember, Titus 1.9 says, Hold firm to the trustworthy message as has been taught so that you can encourage others by sound doctrine and refute those who oppose it. Sound Reasoning Ministries, srministries.org. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.